welcome to this special episode of Let the Bible Speak from the Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. My name is Stephen Pollock and I'm the pastor of that church. And I want to talk for a few moments on the subject of the coronavirus pandemic. It is a subject that everybody has an opinion on. From it's nothing to worry about to it is the end of the world. I'm conscious that in some ways we should all be cautious as to expressing our opinions about things that we may not have a full understanding of. There is certainly much uncertainty in the United States regarding how this virus will spread and what the impact will be. And so I, I don't want to add to confusion, but there are some things that are plainly revealed in the scriptures that we ought to keep in mind at this time. First and foremost, we should remember that God has the spread of coronavirus under control. There is an interesting verse in Amos chapter 3 in the verse number 6, where it says, Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? It is a rhetorical question, and the answer, of course, is that God is sovereign even over the bad things that happen in society. And the word evil there, of course, does not refer to moral evil, but it is a general word that can speak of those things that are unpleasant bad situations that we encounter in the course of life. And even these things are under the control of a sovereign God. The Christians should remember this virus is not a surprise to God. This virus has not arisen outside of God's sovereign care of the world. Furthermore, Christians must love their neighbours at this time. It is with profound sorrow that we think of the deaths of thousands many of whom will have died outside of Christ. It is God himself who says that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And it is with sorrow that we contemplate the eternal end of those who have died outside of Christ's grace. We also think of God's people who in nations are suffering personal loss and being bereaved of their loved ones. We are told in the word of God to weep with those who weep. Such a time as this is not a time for flippancy or a jogging spirit regarding something that is having a profound impact on the lives of many across the world. People are dying. And the global nature of this pandemic means that we are aware of what is always true. And that is that people are continually dying all over the world. But such a realisation at this time ought to remind us of our obligation to bring the gospel to the needy. We should never be callous to human suffering. People die because of the presence of sin in this world. And as God's people, we must long to have the heart of Christ, showing compassion to those suffering under the curse of the fall. You will have heard it said that this coronavirus outbreak is no different than seasonal flu. Now that may be true in terms of the mild symptoms that many will experience. It is true that for most of us, this will not be a serious illness at all, even if we were to get it. It may also be true that this is not unlike seasonal flu in terms of the overall mortality rate. Undoubtedly, this is not a time for the wider population to, to panic. The media may well overplay things such as this. But there are some very significant differences 
between the coronavirus and the flu. These are things that we ought not to forget. There is no vaccine at this point for this particular strain of coronavirus. Many of you will have received a flu vaccine this year. And we're thankful for God giving the advances in medicine that allow us not to suffer regularly from the seasonal flu. Furthermore, we have very little natural immunity to this particular coronavirus. And whilst the overall mortality rate is relatively low, the mortality rate in the elderly bracket of our society is quite high, perhaps 15% depending on source. Now, I accept that all figures, of course, are uncertain at this time, um, based only on reported and proven cases. But it is clear, and the response of the global community makes it clear, that this is a serious illness, and we ought not to be foolish and downplay its significance. Out of love for our elderly neighbours, we must take this seriously. I've read and heard many say, I'll be fine, it's, it's only like a cold. And that is true, but surely love demands that we think of others who may not be okay at this time. We must heed the advice being given in order that we do not needlessly spread this virus around the community. The US Surgeon General on the 8th of March tweeted that Americans who are sick with fever, cold, flu symptoms ought not to go to work. This is sensible advice. It's advice that ought to also impact our lives as churches, and that if we are ill, we ought to self-isolate, and if we are not ill, we ought to practice those good practices of hygiene in order to seek to prevent the spread of this virus. We delight in our civil freedoms, but such freedom is given not to further man's selfishness, but that we would love one another. Many of you will know the sixth commandment, which says, Thou shalt not kill and we often limit the impact of that commandment those who wrote the Westminster Shorter Catechism did not limit the impact they made the point that the sixth commandment required all lawful endeavors to preserve our own life and the life of others they went on to say that the sins forbidden in the sixth commandment was the taking away of our own life or the life of our neighbor or what is significant at this point or whatsoever tendeth thereunto. We ought to do all that we can to seek to preserve the lives of our neighbours. And at this point, uh, it is my own conviction that that involves taking heed to the advice that we are being given. But as I finish this short podcast, let me remind all the listeners that God is speaking here. God does nothing accidentally. Every act of God in this world is purposeful. When the Lord Jesus was predicting his return to his disciples, he told them, Matthew 24, that nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And what he meant there was that these various signs are signs throughout the generations that are the birth pangs indicating the coming of Christ in his power and glory. And at that coming, every man will stand and give an account before God. And when we think of the spreading of pestilences, it is a reminder to us all that we must be ready to meet our God. It's also clear 
Uh, the response that we see in the media and perhaps amongst our neighbours and uh, in the workplace or wherever we may find ourselves, that response is indicative of the natural heart of man. Paul in Hebrews chapter 2 refers to humanity as those who are in bondage through the fear of death. And what we're seeing at this time is that men, whilst they do not want to admit it, they do not want to die. And that text in Hebrews chapter 2 points us to the great hope of the gospel. It tells us that Christ took on our humanity, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The purpose of Christ coming into this world and dying for sinners was in part that he would deliver sinners from the fear of death. And they could come to the point in their lives that they could die in peace, knowing that they are not at enmity with God through sin, but they are reconciled to God through the blood of the cross. A Christian response to this particular pestilence is to pray that God would, in his wrath, remember mercy and stay his hand. We ought to pray for the well-being of the Lord's people. We ought to pray for those who are in the front line of helping the sick, praying for those involved in research, praying for those involved in the health sector and in all manner of particular deeds. We ought to be conscious that we practically show love to our neighbours, uh, reaching out to those in need and, as I've said, trying to do all we can to prevent this virus from spreading further. But it is our delight to preach Christ to a fearful and dying world, to show Christ Jesus our Saviour as the hope of all those who are facing the curse of breaking God's law. And so let's do that with boldness and confidence. No believer will panic in such a time. No believer will live in abject fear uh, because, of course, every believer knows the promise that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. We know that nothing can separate the child of God from the love of Christ. And that gives us boldness and confidence as we live in this fallen world.